Ladies and gentlemen, dear shareholders, dear guests, dear employees, it is a pleasure for me to welcome you to the F.L. Smith AGM 2018 in Valby. As stated in the Articles of Association, it is the board that appoints the chairman of the meeting. And I think we will are continuing a tradition that has lasted us for nine years now. Klaus Sugor will be our chairman of the meeting. Thank you very much. I shall do my best. And I'm so pleased that I'm not wearing, uh, wearing a yellow shirt, because then you would all follow me. My first duty is to establish that the meeting has been duly and lawfully convened. There are requirements in Danish legislation and the Articles of Association that we need to comply with. I wish to point out that one of these requirements is that the meeting must be held in the Greater Copenhagen area before the 1st of May. And when convening the meeting, the standard procedure is to do this on the website of the company and also to send out, out a release through the NASDAQ system. And you may also, as a shareholder, ask for a specific convening notice to be sent to you. Convening must be done between five and three weeks before the meeting. It was done on the 28th of February, so that deadline was complied with. So I find that the meeting has been duly and lawfully convened and that we are quarried. With regard to the resolutions to be made at the meeting, there is only one amendment to the Articles of Association in 7.1. It has to do with extension of authorization to the board. That requires a two-thirds majority. Only a simple majority is required for the rest of the business. I do not intend to go through a vote uh, unless I see there is a specific need to do so. Concerning participation at the meeting, 400 people asked for access cards, and about five minutes ago, 176 had arrived. I think uh, some have joined us since then. Also, 31 have given proxies to the board, and 216 shareholders have voted in advance by using the forms that are available on the website, and including those that have already voted, about 50% of all voting stock is represented at the meeting. That is a very high proportion, actually. As usual, we will deal with the first couple of items on the agenda in one go. We will hear from the chairman of the board, Mr. Van Schoensen, who will give the report. And after that, it will be possible to put questions and give comments from this microphone. I already have a list of speakers, three to four people. And uh, I will, of course, make sure that all those who wish to speak uh, will be given uh, a possibility to do so. But let's first hear the chairman of the board. <coughs> Thank you very much, Klaus. I'm very pleased that uh, we are gathered here today in these uh, historic surroundings here in Valpu. Uh, we've been here at this location since 1898 with Valpu Machine Factory. These have been our headquarters since 1956. We are actually planning to build a new campus here on this site, as you can see actually behind me, says the chairman. After a good five years of difficult market conditions, it would seem that growth is finally coming. We are well prepared for that. We've carried out a number of measures to streamline our, our business. So today, we have optimized our cost structure. We have a broader, more focused product offering. And we have an optimized geographical footprint. And we also have a strong capital structure. In other words, 
our houses in order, and that's a solid foundation for creating profitable, a prof profitable business. But these factors are not growth catalysts in themselves. So at the same time, we have invested a lot in developing our employees and developing new and innovative products. This is the key to growth. And our target is that our revenue is to outgrow the market in the years ahead. We've seen a decline in re revenue of, of almost 30% in the last five years. So I could talk a lot about all the things we've done to realign our costs and organization to the existing market conditions. But instead, I will look to the future and focus on what we're doing and have done to create profitable growth in the years ahead. I mean, throughout the cyclical downturn, we have said we are managing the downturn and preparing for the future, a future driven by demand for productivity. F.L. Smith wants to be the leading supplier of sustainable productivity for the global cement and minerals industry. Our relations with customers during the downturn um, define our success when we have the upturn. We've had to cut back on costs in recent years, but we have maintained a strong, competent sales force. We have adapted mainly the administrative functions. Our sales functions have only been affected to a smaller extent. So we have a larger proportion today who have direct customer contact today. So it's like, you know, in the healthcare system, they talk about more direct patient contact uh, and want to spend more uh, on that and less on administration. That's precisely what we've done, too, in our business to give our customers even better treatment and experience. And we can see the results because we've measured customer loyalty. We can see we have a strong brand in the mining and the cement industries. Our recognize our customers recognize our high quality and reliability. We've also seen that reflected in DIFOT, which means delivery in full on time. That's our internal quality KPI. It went up from 84% in 16 to 88% in 17. But there is room for improvement still. There's one point where we can make a big difference. It has to be simpler to do business with F.L. Smith. So we want to have one face, one contact point for the customer. That's going to be a continued and important focus area in 18. As a part of that, we've opened new sales offices around the world to ensure we have more local presence. We've also strengthened our focus on individual products and increased our offerings of life cycle solutions across products, processes, and services. In order to further expand our life cycle offering, we carried out our first acquisition in five years in 17. We acquired part of Sandvik Mining Systems, and that will allow us to digitalize and optimize custom operations all the way from mining to processing through so-called in-pit crushing and conveying technology. That will strengthen our position as the preferred supplier to the mining industry because many of our customers want to work more strategically with your suppliers. This is also our strategy vis-a-vis -vis our own subcontractors. In addition to a range of key technologies, we also got 187 competent, experienced employees that we took over. They've been well integrated now in our existing organization. 
having the right product offering is one thing, and you have the sales force administration, you have the right geographical footprint, but you know you also have to have the right employees with the right competences. Attracting, retaining, developing employees has always been deeply rooted in our DNA. Uh, because of we have had healthy finances, we have been able in 17 to carry out uh, comprehensive training programs for many employees. Combination of a healthy financial situation and a good reputation, that combination has enabled us to attract, uh, to attract and retain skilled new employees despite the downturn. In one area, that's very important to us and to our customers. We did, unfortunately, experience a negative trend in 17. The lost time injury frequency, that's the number of work accidents per 1 million hours worked. From 12 to uh, 16, this KPI fell from 4.7 to 1.5. That was great. But, unfortunately, it went up in 17 to 1.8. Because of that, we held an average of 14 hours of safety training per employee that was 38% more than the year before. Uh, the adverse development in this lost time injury frequency rate is not satisfactory, obviously, so we've taken measures to restore our positive trend. Now, in 18, it's 10 years ago that we signed the UN Global Compact, the general principles of the UN for corporate social responsibility. We remain fully committed to these principles. There is no doubt that sustainability will be even more important for our customers in the future, so it will be pivotal to our business model. Uh, we endeavor to increase the diversity in our employee composition. Like many other engineering businesses, we have a low proportion of female employees, but we have a goal of increasing that share by one percentage point from 13.5 to 14.5 percent, and we also want to increase the share of female leaders and managers. Uh, I'm pleased to report that nearly all our employees, 90 percent, have an annual dialogue with their superior about their performance and their development opportunities. This is an excellent and important criterion when we're, if we are to attract, retain, and develop talented employees all over the world. In 17, we intensified our supplier audit efforts. We conducted 113 audits. We examined safety, compliance with legislation, environmental and industry standards, and obviously compliance with fundamental human rights. We looked into all of those aspects, and none of the audits meant that we had to terminate any supplier relationship. 242,000 cubic meters of fresh water we used, and we emitted 65,000 tons of CO2 in 17. The latter is an increase of 20,000 tons, but this is mainly because the cement factories that we operate are included in the accounts of the first time. Uh, historically, cement and mining have been rather conservative industries. But customer needs are now changing more rapidly than before. Customers seek solutions, not just machines. So productivity, not so much just capacity. So in that regard, our focus on maintaining a strong sales force, even during times of lower order intake, has been a successful strategy because we've had good customer dialogue, and that has given us a strong platform for product development. 
We have prioritized the development of product productivity-enhancing products and solutions that could be commercialized quickly. We have continued investing in large-scale research and development projects that may potentially transform the way we operate, our customers operate. In 17, we continued the development of lapid oxidative leaching, ROL, and dry stack tailings. Each of them are groundbreaking technologies. ROL, that's new technology for more effective extraction of copper and gold, while dry stack tailings is a solution to strongly reduce water consumption in mining while also eliminating the risk of potentially adversive wastewater effects. Both solutions enhance productivity and reduce the environmental footprint, so they fully live up to our objective of sustainable productivity. Our customers hunt for productivity and higher returns and makes them more receptive to innovation and new ways of working. They're more and more interested in digitalization. Uh, we already have a strong digital position uh, because of our extensive experience with automating cement plants. Uh, and we aim to take digitalization to a new level by making our entire portfolio uh, of products intelligent and self-learning. Through built-in sensors in products, we aim to capture large volumes of data, while integrated IT platforms and data analysis will help us continually improve productivity for our customers. Digitalization offers a huge potential, but we must be honest and say that, first of all, it's a catalyst uh, for future business. Digitalization will become a natural integral part of our current product portfolio will only become an independent and uh, business area to a limited extent. First of May, we took on uh, Michael Lindholm as chief digital officer, and he's a member of the group executive management. He's uh, Swedish. He has many years' experience in digitalization of service and production companies. He was the vice president for Internet of Things with Telenor before joining us. Following years of difficult market conditions, we now believe that we will be facing growth. First of all, driven by the mining industry. As I said in my introduction, our ambition is to outgrow the market. There are three core areas that will drive this growth. Innovation, product expansion, and growing sales of wear parts. I've talked about innovation, so now I will say a few words about the other two areas. At the uh, AGM last year, I described how over the years we've successfully built up a large service business focusing on spare parts, upgrades, and maintenance. But there's still a business area with a huge potential we haven't really tapped into. And that is actually the market for wear parts. It's a large share of the, overall, of the overall aftermarket. Let me give you an example. In minerals processing, large mills are used to grind rock pieces from the mine. If the mill gear breaks down, the customer can buy a new spare part from us. The actual grinding process in the mill involves a large number of steel balls that impact the rock pieces from the mine, so they crush the rock, right? In that process, however, the steel balls also hit the construction on the lining of the mill. And that really uh, causes extensive wear. So a mill liner is fitted inside the mill 
uh, to reduce the cost, and that is a wear part has to be replaced at regular intervals. Historically, wear parts have not really been part of our product portfolio, but now they are. Going forward, we will be selling both spare parts and wear parts. In 17, F.L. Smith intensified its efforts to enter this market for wear parts. A few years ago, we sold largely no wear parts. In 17, well, they were about 5% of our revenue in customer services division. And we uh, think our target is that they will account for 10% at least of that division's revenue by 19. So wear parts, well, they are more uh, exposed to competition than spare parts, but they do represent a huge potential for profitable growth, and they do allow us to offer complete life cycle solutions so we can become the customer's preferred business partner. Our digitalization initiatives will help pave the way for selling wear parts precisely because it helps shift the focus from products to solutions. Based on data compiled, uh, compiled from product sensors, we can help customers optimize their production, reducing wear and providing information to customers about when it's time to replace wear parts so that they can carry out preventive maintenance rather than the much more expensive production stoppages. So it's um, a good thing for customers to buy wear parts from us um, as an overall solution. And many of them are, cannot be offered by others, really. And it gives us more customer contact also to sell these wear parts, and that can have positive knock-on effect of other part of the operations. We focus on strengthening our product portfolio, uh, or what we refer to as product line management, because that will help us identify new value-adding wear parts, which may contribute to growth many years to come. Now, product sales also represent an extraordinary growth opportunity. On the Capital Markets Day in June 17, we presented um, examples of products that offer particularly attractive growth potential. For some products, it could be a potential for uh, expanding existing markets, for instance, in pumps, and in others, it could be sales in adjacent markets. Our fully automated packaging system for the cement industry can be adapted and used uh, to, the, to sell building materials and petrochemical uh, materials. So our enhanced focus on product sales is reflected in the performance of our product companies division. There was a revenue growth of 11% in that division. Jan Kersko became uh, the new head of the product company's division and a member of the group executive management on the 1st of March this year. He's 50 years old. Jan, please stand up, would you? There he is. There is Jan. So he joined us from a position as CEO for Blatt Industries AS. Before that, for more than 10 years, he was on the executive management of Siemens Wind Activities. Uh, he was most recently the CEO for Siemens Wind Power AS, and he was the CEO of the Global Land with Mine Activities. He has a lot of experience with global engineering projects and building customer relations. The former head of product companies division, Bjarne Malke Hansen, stepped down as Group Executive Vice President in May last year after more than 30 years of dedicated service to the F.L. Smith Group. In the immediate period, Brian Day head of customer services division has taken on the role as temporary head of the product companies division. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Brian for the considerable extra effort he has put in. Next. Growth. 
has been the dominant topic on management's agenda in 2017, but I'd like to make it clear that growth is not in itself a target for us. Our endeavors are directed at achieving profitable growth, and if we are to maintain tight cost control while investing in our business, we need to do things smarter. That goes for processes as well as products. In 2017, we therefore continued efforts to standardize our product portfolio. We use value engineering and modularization to rethink the design of our products in order to reduce costs and complexity without compromising on quality and functionality. Thus, in 2017, we launched a new cement mill for grinding raw materials from the quarry, which builds on the same design platform as we use in our existing mill for grinding cement clinker. This means that customers can use the same spare parts and the same maintenance procedure for the two mills, and at the same time, we can manufacture the mills more efficiently. There's a huge potential in reducing our procurement costs by means of standardization. Production costs account for about 75% of our total revenue, of which 70 to 80% relates to procurement from subcontractors. By designing our products smarter, we are able to take a big chunk out of our costs and we also achieve other benefits, such as reduced engineering hours, enhanced product reliability and simpler maintenance procedures, this to the benefit of our customers and ultimately ourselves. We are still far from the finishing line, but the standardization program has yielded substantial results already in 2017 and has helped mitigate the consequences of the severe pricing pressure in the cement market. After the boom years, from 2006 to 2008, the market for new cement capacity was almost halved in 2009 and has remained flat ever since. The combination of an unchanged number of suppliers and fewer new products caused a substantial pressure on prices in recent years. Recovery in the global economy and several large cement autos towards the end of 16 and early 17 fueled hopes of a budding market recovery, but the recovery has yet to materialize and we expect the cement market to move sideways in 2018. The decline in mining investment began in 2011, which also marked the start of a five-year downward trend in commodity prices. Prices of most commodities rose substantially in 2016 and 17, and the demand for minerals has remained stable to increasing throughout the period. This has generated more optimism in the mining industry, and this again triggered an increase in customer inquiries and growing order activity for F.L. Smith in the second half of 17. Higher demand for mining equipment and stronger momentum in the service business resulted in a four-year high order intake for the group. We typically experience a one-year time lag from order intake to revenue in F.L. Smith, and consolidated revenue declined by 1% to 18 billion kroner in 2017. Adjusted for currency effects, revenue was unchanged from 16 to 17. Both revenue and earnings developed in line with expectations in 2017. Revenue ended at the middle of the expected range, while the EBITDA margin came to 8.4% against the expectation of 7 to 9%. EBITDA rose from 1.3 billion Danish kroner in 16 to 1.5 billion Danish kroner in 17, driven by a slightly higher gross margin and lower admin expenses. 
return on capital employed stood at 10.4%, which is slightly better than the expectations of 8 to 10%. Financial items, taxes, and discontinued activities had a considerable negative impact on profits in 2017. Concerning discontinued activities, the process to sell the material handling business that relate to port installations is ongoing. A conclusion to the process is expected in the current year. The service business once again proved to be a stable and profitable foundation for the group in a year in which both revenue and earnings in the project business remained under pressure. Our total service business accounted for 58% of revenue, representing the bulk of earnings in 2017. Revenue related to Eiffelsmith's total cement business came to 8.4 billion kroner in 2017, which was on a par with the year before. The EBITDA margin relating to the total cement business rose to 5.9% against 4.8% in 2016. The increase was attributable to cost reduction measures and a changed business mix. Revenue relating to F.L. Smith's total minerals business declined by 2% to 9.8 billion kroner in 2017 because the improvement in the minerals-related service business proved insufficient to offset the consequences of declining mining investments in the preceding years. The EBITDA margin relating to the total minerals business rose to 10.4% in 2017 from 8.7% the year before, also driven by cost reduction measures and a change in the business mix. As a result, despite the small revenue decline, EBITDA rose from 870 million in 16 to 1 billion kroner in 2017. Because of an improved operating profit, 2017 proved to be another good year from a cash flow perspective, although it wasn't as strong as the year before when working capital improvements had a strong positive impact. Cash flow from operating activities amounted to 1.1 billion kroner in 2017. Net interest-bearing debt declined by 1 billion to 1.5 billion at year-end 2017, the lowest level in six years. As a result, our financial gearing, calculated as the ratio of net debt to EBITDA, was down to 0.8 at end 2017, which is well within our target of a maximum ratio of 2.0. Equity declined by 0.4 billion to 8 billion in 2017 because of currency effects, while the equity ratio increased to 36%, which is above the target of at least 30%. The Board of Directors proposes to the annual general meeting that a dividend of 8 kroner per share be paid out, corresponding to a total distribution of 410 million kroner and a dividend yield of 2.2%. The payout ratio is considerably higher than the target of 30 to 50% of the profit for the year, and this is because the net profit was impacted by a number of non-recurring items, including financial items, taxes, and discontinued activities. The total shareholder return, measured as the sum of share price appreciation and dividend paid, stood at 25% in 2017. Despite expectations of considerable adverse currency effects and unchanged market conditions in the cement industry, we still expect an increase in revenue in 2018, driven by improved market conditions in the mining industry, a continuation of the momentum in our service business, and the 
rising ore intake, which began last year. We expect revenue to outgrow costs and, accordingly, an increase in our EBITDA margin. We expect no major extraordinary expenses, but we intend to increase investments in innovation, digitization, and an expansion of products and wear parts. In 2018, we expect to generate a consolidated revenue between 18 and 20 billion Danish kroner and an EBITDA margin of between 8 and 10 percent. ROIC is expected to stand at between 10 and 12 percent. Given the expectations of growth in 2018, management will pay special attention to keeping costs from growing at the same speed as revenue, while also giving priority to investments that are paramount for creating an even stronger FL Smith for the future. Our efforts to standardize products and processes will continue so that we can become even more competitive and easier to do business with. We aim, as I said initially, to be the leading supplier of sustainable productivity-enhancing solutions to the global cement and mining industries, and we will provide the best possible customer experience from cradle to grave. This requires focus on life cycle solutions and, not least, skilled and satisfied, satisfied employees and a safe working environment. In accordance with the recommendations of the Committee on Corporate Governance, I will now review and briefly comment on remuneration of executive management and board of directors. First of all, I'd like to confirm that there were no deviations in 2017 from the general remuneration guidelines adopted by the shareholders in general meeting. Total remuneration to executive management in 2017 consisted of a gross salary, a fixed salary including pension, and standard benefits such as company paid car and phone. In addition, members of the executive management received a cash bonus of up to 75% of their gross salary and performance-based shares representing a value not exceeding 50% of their gross salary at the time of grant. The intention is to ensure by means of variable pay components, value creation, and to enable the company to achieve its long and short-term goals. The group executive management comprising the CEO and the CFO received a total remuneration of 20.7 million kroner in 2017, compared with 15.2 million the year before. There was an increase in the variable components of the group executive management remuneration due to a higher degree of targets achieved despite difficult market conditions and our updated guidelines for incentive pay. Financial KPIs related to the group executive management's performance-based remuneration will, in 2018, be order intake, EBITDA margin, and working capital. In connection with the release of the annual report 2017, the board of directors resolved to grant conditional shares to a total of 158 people comprising the group executive management and key employees. The costs of this program will be 47 million kroner in 2018, and it will involve a maximum a number of shares of 121,013, calculated on the basis of the average closing price on the first five trading days after the release of the annual report. Vesting and granting will be conditional on the achievement of financial targets related to the EBITDA margin and working capital as a percentage of revenue. A pool of additional 8,695 conditional shares may be used when recruiting key employees later in this year. Costs associated with this pool amounted to 3 million kroner in 2017. Total remuneration to the board of directors amounted to 6.6 million in 17 against 5.9 million the year before. The 
increase is a reflection of the updated guidelines for board remuneration that were pre-approved at the AGM in 2017. The Board of Directors proposes that the remuneration to the members of the Board of Directors for 18 remains unchanged. In conclusion, I'd like to thank the Group Executive Management and the Board of Directors for strong and good cooperation. I also wish to thank shareholders, customers, and other business partners for a particularly successful and productive 2017. And lastly, a special big thank you to the group's 11,716 dedicated employees who have been standing shoulder to shoulder through times of turbulent market conditions, but also through times of success. Know-how remains the foundation of FL Smith, and the knowledge of our employees is what makes us well prepared for the upcoming recovery. Thank you very much. So, now is the time when questions can be asked and comments can be made. Klaus Oestergaard from uh, the F.L. Smith Employee uh, Association has asked for the floor. You have the floor. Klaus Oestergaard. Chair of the meeting, dear board, dear management, dear shareholders. This year, we are not just at F.L. Smith's general meeting, but we actually at the general meeting at F.L. Smith on our own premises in this beautiful room that we employees can benefit from every day. So I'd like to praise you, Chairman, for that. So even if we had to cut back uh, on on what we're able to offer shareholders in, in, in terms of um, food and drink, uh, this is good. Uh, it's positive we're using this for this meeting. I'm Klaus Oestergaard. I represent the uh, uh, Danish Employees uh, Association. It means I, I, don't, I don't just represent the Danish F.L. Smith employees, but those employed in the Danish part of F.L. Smith. That's how you must understand it. We have many uh, nationalities. So this is the only time every year that I can speak our beautiful Danish language. Very useful internationally, isn't it? Very easy to learn the Danish language, isn't it? Well, joking aside, <laughs> uh, the Employee Association adopted a long time ago that all written material is in our corporate language, English. It's not uh, right to maintain that we need to write everything in two languages and if we choose Danish, well, we would be excluding more colleagues uh, than we do if we were to choose English. So, to, to, uh, to, so, so, I mean, we're using English. There's a cost, but it's our own choice. And actually, it is a good choice because in Denmark, we got 250 new colleagues in Denmark here with more than 50 nationalities from the beginning of 17 because uh, our field service people were relocated from Jersey to Denmark. These are traveling employees. Of course, they never come to Denmark, but they are employed here. Uh, and so if they actually worked here, there would be tax complications. The Employee Association has discussed what we can offer these 250 people. We can't really offer them membership but we can offer them our help whenever they need it. So that's what we do. 
Our Danish Employee Association turns 73 years old this summer. For 73 years, we've been one association for all F.L. Smith employees in Denmark, no matter your professional background or no matter what position you hold in the company. And as long back as I can remember, or what has been told to me, is that as an association, we feel that we, employees, management, and shareholders, we're all in the same boat. We depend on each other. It may well be that we have our disagreement when cutting up the pie, but that's really nothing because we need to make sure the pie gets as big as possible, and we need to do that together. In other words, there are no alternatives. We need to cooperate, to cooperate constructively, to interact. Uh, constructive cooperation is an enrichment both to employees and management, and therefore also for F.L. Smith and its shareholders. And I think we've proven that, management and employees, over the years. F.L. Smith employees in Denmark are now only 9% of the global uh, number of employees. Five or six years ago, we got a global and a Danish management. So it's not like it was before. These are not the same person anymore. But I would like to praise my Danish management for our daily cooperation that we have with them. I think that's really exemplary. Uh, but the fact that we don't have the same person as our Danish and global manager uh, disappeared five or six years ago, so our global management has not ha had a formal interaction with employees, as I described before, as an enrichment for both management and employees. So I do believe our global management should ask employees globally for such a formal interaction. I have a lot of good advice, as you can imagine, uh, about how to do that, because I think the Danish F.L. Smith Employee Association model has a lot of good things to offer. But the most important thing for me is to uh, ensure the Danish values. So it's a formal cooperation between management and employees, but it's based on being reasonable and showing common sense. We need to find a shared path, and these are values that have a global potential in F.L. Smith. Last year, I had to say that 16 was not good for employees. After three years at the bottom of business trends, we think couldn't get any worse, and all of a sudden it was necessary to cut back uh, even 10% extra uh, in terms of the number of employees. So I was afraid whether we could deliver what the market wanted, because it does take extra time to find out how to reorganize after a cutback in the number of employees. Uh, the financial statements for 17 look very much like those are from 16. So we passed without being excellent, I think. But it's a small organization that has actually been able to deliver what the market wanted. There are little uh, germinating tines, signs of optimism in minerals. I do believe 18 will be the year where we'll take on more people in F.L. Smith to be able to develop, sell, and deliver what our customers demand. With these words, and on behalf of the employees, I'd like to say that I wish us all a safe, sustainable uh, year uh, in 2018, where we have progress in the company. Thank you. Thank you very much, and the chairman of the board. 
Well, I will be brief. Thank you very much, Klaus, for your contribution, and not least thanks also from us for good cooperation, both in the boardroom and outside the boardroom. Thank you very much. And the next speaker is Klaus Berner-Müller from the Danish Pension Fund ATP. Thank you. My name is Klaus Berner-Müller. I represent ATP, the Danish Pension Fund. I also wish to thank you for the report and the presentation of the annual report. 2017 was better than previous years in a number of respects. EBIT rose considerably despite the decline in sales, and we also saw a good increase in the share price. The question is now whether this trend will continue in the years to come. There are several indicators of this perhaps happening. We have seen increases in 17 in a number of respects, and there's a growing demand for metals such as copper, and that is a good platform for Eiffel Smith to act upon. Also, the company has sent out uh, positive uh, guidance concerning 18 with an increase in revenue of 5% and also uh, good intervals with regard to guidance of EBIT. So it looks as if developments in 18 will be positive, at least in the three uh, divisions although there are still also areas where there are some doubts. But what does it take? And well, will the cement division develop more uh, favorably? The actual asset test for the success of the FLCMIT strategy is if investments in research and development, particularly concerning production processes and one phase to the customers, Will it be possible to gain market shares as well as uh, keep up with growth in the industry? It's going to be interesting to see. I also have a couple of comments uh, to the board. There is increasing focus on overboarding in recent years, and one can upheld notice that the chairman of the board has a number of board chairmanships both the listed and unlisted companies in Denmark and abroad. The chairman of the board is, is as I said, chairman in many of uh, other corporations. And I'm not dissatisfied with the way he fulfills his role here. On the contrary, but with a high number of directorships, one might worry if there is room enough in his diary to uh, suddenly deal with problems in a number of the companies if there's a global downturn in the business trends. I find that he has now reduced his number of directorships in recent years, and I also clearly expect him to reduce the number of directorships even further in the coming years. Board members should always have time in their diaries in case of unforeseen events require uh, urgent action, no matter where the company is. I'd like to wish everyone uh, success with the, their plans for 2018, both employees and board and executive management. Thank you. And first, the chairman of the board. Yeah, first of all, 
First of all, thank you very much, Klaus Bernermüller from HCP, the pension fund, for the nice words you said about our development and our expectations concerning the future. We are pleased about that. We'll do whatever we can to live up to your expectations. Before Thomas comments on the cement division, I'll just briefly uh, talk about overboarding. It was about me, so I'll just say three things here. I work the way I do. I've done that for more than 10 years. Uh, I had more directorships than I have now, even uh, during a period of the economic uh, downturn that we have seen after 2008 and Lehman Brothers and all that. For these over these 10 years, I've never missed a board meeting. The board every year carries out self-assessment and. Uh, Certainly, we also have an evaluation of the chairman, whether he uh, is doing his uh, his job. And uh, there's no evidence that I haven't, I think. so. But I understand your point of view. That's uh, quite clear. And it's not unknown that, uh, that there is focus now on uh, the number of directorships that a person has. So, And I'm happy that uh, Klaus Bernamuller notices that, that I have actually taken measures to reduce are my directorships. Over the last two years, I've left DFDS. I was vice chairman TDC, where I was chairman. And this year, I will be leaving Scandic Hotels, where I'm, I've also been the chairman of the board. So I have tried to sort of adapt as you uh, requested. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome in our premises here of F.H. Schmidt. It's really an honor to have so many guests and shareholders here. Thanks a lot. Um, at first, regarding the timing of my chairman, um, when you go into recession, what we did in 2013, that's the time where you really need a lot of contact with the board. That is where you have to change direction. And that time we had, we had ample time with that. So, the waters are not that uh, troublesome as they were several years ago. We are through the worst out in the industry. That is what we clearly can say. Um, then to the cement business. I know that especially here in Denmark, Effel Schmidt is identified uh, very much over the cement business. And we are the absolute market leader in premium cement worldwide. We have a brand recognition in cement which is comparable with any other brand in other industries like Coca-Cola, easily. We have a fantastic good position. That we have one part of the business, the big project business, which is not so profitable at the moment, is a typical sign where the cycle is, where the business environment lies. There are not a lot of orders out. We got more than 50% of all available orders in the premium segment. Of course, we are the target for other companies to compete with us. They can't compete on service. They can't compete on technology. They can't compete of the engagement of my employees in that part of the business. So where are they competing on? On the price. And we are prepared to take that. You see that our profitability for the total cement business from 16 to 17 improved. And we will go on with that. I'm very confident that we will go that path of clear overperformance versus the peers in that industry. Is it a fast recovery? No. They will not give us that nice ride. I know that. But we will fight as we are used to since more than 135 years. 
Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Jesper Kors from the Danish Shareholders Association has asked for the floor. Thank you very much. I am Jesper Kors. I come from the Association of Danish Shareholders. We represent private investors. We have about 13,000 members. First of all, congratulations with the results achieved for 2017. We see the results of a long transition period. The company has been streamlined, is now well-tuned to meet the challenges of the future. I have a couple of questions and observations to make, but that doesn't take away from my general impression of F.L. Smith as a global operator in its field, a well-run company, a company with a high level of complexity and a business which very much is taken hostage by the business trend, so to speak. I have four headings, but I actually had five, but overboarding was addressed by ATP, and we support their views in that respect. But first of all, dividend. At a first glance, I saw the proposed dividends, eight kroner per share and a payout ratio, usually pay out ratios are between 0 and 100%. Why such a high payout ratio? Also, I also have a question concerning the high dividend this year. Is that uh, in support of your long-term financial uh, guidance? It may be difficult to honor your promises if the business trends decide to work against you, and here a share buyback program might be more appropriate. Then IT security and cyber threats, my second heading. In my association, we have for a number of years focused on a description of risk factors. We check if it is um, well explained to outsiders how cyber threats and risks are handled as and when they occur. There is a chapter in the annual report and also in the notes. It's very informative, it's very detailed, and I wish to focus in particular on the graphical illustrations of the risk factors on page 45. I think this is a very good illustration. My immediate impression as, an, as a bystander is that the cyber threats as a risk is underestimated. In particular, when we think of what shipping company Maersk was exposed to last year, digitization is emphasized on several occasions in the annual report as a strategic focus area. This is something that will benefit many people, also customers, but I think that digitization and cyber threats walk hand in hand. So how come you only say that there will be a limited impact of cyber threats. My third heading, the bonus element of payment to the executive management. My association thinks that the bonus element should work in favor of long-term value creation to the benefit of shareholders. You operate with two bonus elements, up to 75% of the fixed element and up to 50%. The first one relating to short-term target fulfillment, the second to long-term target fulfillment. So I'd like to hear why the board want to support long-term bonus creation but give higher weight to short-term short -term creation. 
my my oh i appear to have five headings i'm sorry number four ownership when i read the annual report i find that two members of the board and executive management are not shareholders in fls we think in my association that if you are a member of the executive management or of the board you sort of are in league with the shareholders so therefore you should display your interest by having shares in the company. And then my last heading. The annual report is in English. I understand, of course, that you choose that being an international operator as you are, where you have to position yourself in relation to a global share market. But there are many Danish private investors, so I would like some sort of summary in Danish where the general lines are described. You just have to look to Maersk or DFDS or other major Danish businesses do. But I also wish to thank the company for coming to attend our investor days most recently two weeks ago where you make it possible for private investors to have a direct dialogue with you. But if shareholders are unable to attend the AGM, a Danish summary would be a good thing. So this is my proposal to you. With this, I wish to you all the best with your fulfillment of the long-term objectives. Thank you very much. And I think the year question with regard to cyber attacks is directed to Thomas Schulz. I think in general it's a very fair and a very good comment to combine the cyber attacks with the whole threatening and opportunity with the digitalization. It is in the high focus of the management. What you see in the annual report as a risk mapping is a relative. The industry where we act in, safety, compliance, and so on, is really, really important for the company. And there is a risk in these areas which is based on the geography and the environment where we act in. If it comes to the cyber risk, a lot is what we have in our own hands 100%. All our employees are going through special educational training, And we have quite a relatively good setup to protect us. And last but not least, the industry, mining and cement, is not a very high targeted industry in that part. So we think that we do a lot. We will do more. It's really high on our agenda, and we can't underestimate the cyber risk. So it's part of the top risks what we have in the company. Thank you. Or do you always? And the other questions, I think, uh, concerning dividend and bonus schemes and so on, that will be the chairman of the board. Thank you very much, and thank you to Jesper Gross for your intervention, and thank you for the nice words you said about our development. We appreciate that. Concerning dividend, yeah, 539% you uh, you might say was the payout ratio, but if you normalize the a result, and you disregard non-continuing activities, financial items, and taxes, which we've chosen to do, uh, you are at, well, just over, just a little bit above the range that we say is our normal range, 30 to 50 percent. And uh, the board finds this fully responsible. We've had a strong cash flow. And we have a strong financial position with very low gearing, 0.9 
percent or zero point nine is the gearing. Um, so we do expect to be able to maintain the payout ratio that we have announced as our objective going forward. As regards capital allocation in general, it is quite clear that uh, there are different ways you can do it, but we have chosen to prioritize investment in organic growth into the company and dividend, and we've chosen to be online with our peers uh, in this regard. And then mergers and acquisitions also, meaning non-organic growth whenever opportunities arise. And those points are those that we have prioritized higher than share buybacks and other things that you could do. As regards the bonus schemes, we focus a lot also on long-term value creation. Well, let me say something different first. We took a look at F.L. Smith and executive pay and the structure of pay comparing with other companies in Denmark and comparable companies abroad. And we could see that our performance-related part was actually low compared with our peers. And that is why we've changed kind of the, the weighting. And that's why we expanded the framework last year for the short-term bonus and the more long-term bonus. So uh, that's why we end it with the 75% and the 50%. It is not because we give more priority to short-term than to long-term, not at all. But we need to strike the right balance between the two. It's also important to reach the short-term goals. But what I think you need to bear in mind is that the 50%, the long-term, is at the time of allocation. The program, as you know, runs for three years. Uh, that's the vesting period. So hopefully there will be a share price increase within that period so that at the time it, it will perhaps be even more than the 75%. That would have been the case certainly uh, in, in, in many programs that that, would be, that that would be the case. So those are our considerations. Do not read it to say that we are not interested in long-term value creation. We want complete alignment with shareholders there. We have completely the same interest as shareholders. And with what we have delivered now, I think you will see that that is the case. You did also present a couple of suggestions. One of them I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the uh, summary of the annual report in Danish. We are not planning to do that because we have now sort of decided that everything is published in English, which is the corporate language, and which management and board speak. And it's more or less customary in Denmark now that communication uh, in all annual reports is in English. The last time we had a Danish uh, version or Danish product uh, there was very little demand for it. Just about 100 people asked for the Danish version of the annual report. So we're not going to do that, but of course, thank you for your uh, suggestion. The second suggestion had to do with uh, uh, ownership of shares, holding of shares for board members. You see that many companies, we have not adopted a program for that or a, um, any, there's no requirement. But obviously, we do discuss that, 
and we are considering that and will be considering whether to introduce that going forward. It is seen in many companies that it is required for board members, for instance, to uh, to have a certain holding of, uh, of shares within a certain period. Ma- many people are much higher, and you'll probably see that in F.L. Smith also if we did it. But it's a good proposal, and it is something that we will be considering. Thank you. The next speaker is Kjell Bayer. And while you make your way up here, I'd like to hear if there are more requests for the floor. Okay, and I will ask again later. Thank you very much. I had planned not to take the floor, actually, but because the Association of Danish Shareholders, I decided to come up here all the same. I think it's good for us to have a board that don't all have shareholdings. I have seen boards with plenty of shares, but they tend to do some gearing with the uh, share price, and that gives immense problems when the business trends go down. I have previously seen how share prices have gone up by 20% in connection with share buyback programs. And if you have a very bad year, you cannot afford to buy your shares back. And then there's a decline. And then there's an additional decline because of the bad year. So you need to think very carefully before you buy treasury shares. And you need to think very, very carefully before you make it a requirement for board members to buy shares. Because you you also need people on the board that can think without being influenced by considerations of their own shareholding. And well, we also know that things are happening out there in the big world. We all know that the U.S. has a major deficit. They have been driven by federal research, which is not a – well, it's actually a privately owned bank. They print their own money. It's it's the the Federal Reserve – well, Trump is actually trying to uh, do something about it. He he doesn't want – someone that prints their own money. So he will now change the situation with the dollar, and that creates some turbulence in the market. So the question is, has the board prepared itself for major turbulence in the world markets, both in relation to exchange rates and your products? Well, some very difficult questions. Mr. Schulz? Very good question, I have to say. um, Our guidance for this year is um, listed, uh, 8 to 10% on EBITDA and uh, related then with the revenue what we have. And there is a clear clause in related to the development of the exchange rate regarding dollar. That really shows that we are very much looking into that, how the dollar movement is. That's number one. Number two is um, what we see in the world at the moment is more a nationalistic approach in business. The world gets more yeah, business introvert, not global. If we take uh, one of the biggest nations and business powers, the United States, where everyone knows what happens and it's quite public, we are well prepared. We acquired 20 years ago Fuller, 
the biggest cement plant provider in the United States. We have the biggest, we acquired the biggest mineral processing company in North America, GNLV. And we have the, uh, one of the biggest employee base in the United States. So if more trade barriers are coming up with the states, for us, not a problem. We are well, well prepared for that. If it comes to international disruptions, we decentralized, we localized the business more and more over the last years. We are in by far more countries established with legal entities than for a very, very long period of time, which will help us to capture local business, no matter what the trade barriers are. And then last but not least, it is, as it is always in a turbulent time, relative performance. Are we better prepared than our peers? And we think yes. Thank you. And as regards the points of views concerning Treasury shares, uh, the piece of advice uh, has been put into the minutes. So this gentleman down here would like to speak. Wasn't there one more person who would like the floor? Yes, there was. Coming up. Hi. Hello, I'm Werner Westermann. And uh, I don't want to congratulate the board on the uh, result. I would say it's a good thing you're beginning to open your eyes because we've heard over the years all those things that are happening and will be happening here at F.L. Smith. You want to um, work differently with the customers. It's only now we are beginning to look at wear parts and beginning to see that there's a business there. You should have done that a long time ago. You can't sell machines without being prepared to sell wear parts. That's one point. Anyway, I think Mr. Schultz should learn the Danish language so that here at the AGM he should be able to speak Danish, you know, because people can have a headset, right? But, I mean, uh, the rest of us could have that too. I mean, you could speak English, but then there should be interpretation into Danish also. Thank you for your intervention. As regards wear parts, yes, you're right. We could have started that five or ten years ago. We have had other priorities, uh, but, but now but we have become strong in other segments of the market, also successfully, as you can see from the result. And now we've come to the wear parts and prioritized that. But point taken. But anyway, we need to do whatever we can to make sure that this becomes a good business area for F.L. Smith. And as you could see, and as I said in my report, the first results are always already showing that. As regards the other point, the other point of view, uh, the thing is that uh, the corporate language is English, and we reserve the right to use that. We'll be doing that going forward. But we will suggest, we will consider the suggestion that you made. Uh, well, he can attend a Danish course if he wants to, Mr. Schultz. Well, yes, sure. Grant it, grant it. That's fine. You can do it. <laughs> but no, the other p part of it, 
was to, to have the interpretation into Danish. Uh, if there is a need for that, a wish for that, we, we see if we can if we can solve that. Thank you. Oh, we do have it. Okay, we actually do have it. And there's a comment without without a microphone. Anyway, it, it has been provided, so it's already there. That's again Lee headsets There are actually headsets available outside. Any other contributions from the audience? That doesn't Ah yes, please approach. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that you come from best women. Hmm. I can do this in less than two minutes. Hello, I'm Nicole Anderson, and I am the chair of a shareholders association called Best Women. We work to have more women on the boards of Danish companies and executive management levels. First of all, I would like to say thank you to the chairman of the board for a good report, and I wish to congratulate the company with the good achievements in the past year. In recent years, several women have joined the executive management level of FL Smith. There are two women uh, on the board now, and we appreciate that. We find that diversity at management level is not only to the benefit of equality and democracy, but also to the success and financial viability of the businesses. But when we talk about diversity at management level, it's not only a question of the board of directors, but also the executive management and other management levels in a business. And here, the development in F.L. Smith has come to a standstill. Actually, it's moving in the wrong direction. For instance, today, there are no longer any women at executive management level, and the number of women managers in the whole business has been declining since 2015. And now we only have 10.5%. And also the number of women employees has declined today. Only 13% of the employees are women. This is unusually low levels even for a technical company such as this. This is explained by the fact that women employees have been more severely affected than their male colleagues by the cost reduction initiatives taken in the past couple of years. As a shareholder, we in my association find that this is deeply worrying and uh, should be severely criticized. You have a challenge in being operating in a market where we see a decline in the number of women that graduate from the technical universities. But this is no excuse for the decline that we see here. You should actually try to follow developments in the rest of the world. This is uh, something that we can blame management for, and it is management's responsibility to put things right. We wish to emphasize that working for more women managers is actually one of the UN's 17 sustainability targets that all companies should try to fulfill. 
including your company. And that is why I will now round off my presentation by asking the chairman of the board, Mr. Van Sørensen, to explain which specific measures have been taken and will be taken to recruit more women, more women engineers also, and to increase the number of women at management, all management levels in the organization. Thank you very much. Thank you. I think, first of all, it will be Thomas Schultz who will give the reply. Yeah, there is a fairly simple and direct answer to that. We didn't achieve that, what we have as an own target, regarding the amount of females working in our company, not in total and not in management. And that is not good. That's very bad. And the criticism in that area is absolutely right to make. That's a fact. Um, the fact is, of course, that we are out in two industries, cement and mining, out of a recession, and a lot of cuttings, a lot of negative talk was there. So the attractiveness of the whole industry dropped dramatically in the world of both minerals and cement. That's not an excuse. And we have measurements. We started to improve and special programs to lift up, again, the target, not as we were before, actually better and having more women all over the world in leading functions and in the company. There we have to say that we as a management didn't fulfill that what we wanted to have. There's a person over here asking for the floor. Uh, while you come up here, I'd like to hear if anybody else would like to speak. So far, I can't see anyone else asking for the floor. Yes, I'm Gorm Pierring, so let me just say one thing. I'm very happy with the board we have here because this board, when they take on people, now we heard about men and women and equality and all that, but, you know, they take on people based on competences. And we shareholders are happy that the board takes on people based on competences, the male, the female. Now they're saying there are too few women on the board and, and, and at, at management level in the company. Well, um, it's because competences are being used, and that's the most important point for us as shareholders. That was more of a comment, I think. Um, does anybody else wish to speak at this point? I can see no one else uh, asking for the floor. There are pillars in the room, so that there might be people I can't see. But anyway, uh, I will take it that we have completed item one on the agenda, uh, where you do not vote. You just note the report. Item two is the presentation and approval of the annual report. I take it that the questions that were to be asked have been asked. If there are any other questions, now is the time. If not, silence is consent, and the uh, annual report for 2017 has been duly approved. Item three, that's the remuneration for the board of directors. The point is that it's split into two. There's the final decision concerning the fee decided last year that was in the annual report, provisionally uh, approved last year, and now it's uh, recommended for unchanged approval. Um, and I can tell you that in the annual report, the English version, page 109, there's a very detailed description of uh, the remuneration received by the individual board members. Any other questions? That is not the case, so duly approved. 
2018, there's a fee preliminary fee, and uh, the proposal that it will not be changed is just provisional approval. The final approval will be next year. Any questions? Duly approved at the unchanged level. Those were items one, two, and three. Four, that's the distribution of profits, a covering of losses. We've heard that the board is proposing a dividend of eight krona per share. Are there any other comments? The AGM can reduce it, but not increase it. Duly approved. Item 5 is election of members for the board of directors. 11, Article 11 says that there must be between five and eight members of the board plus those elected by the employees. There are six members elected by the AGM. It's proposed to re-elect these six, Vald Oversonsen, Tom Knudsen, Caroline Grégoire, Saint-Marie, Marius Kloppers, Richard Robinson-Smith, and Anne-Louise Eberhardt. Are there any other candidates or questions concerning the proposal concerning the gender composition of the board that we had? If not, I congratulate the members and wish them uh, every success for the coming year. Item six is the election of the company auditor. The board directors proposes to re-elect Ernst and Young based on recommendation from the audit committee. Are there questions or any other candidates? I congratulate the auditors. They are present and accept the uh, nomination and the uh, election. Seven one a proposal from board. Seven one requires two thirds majority. It's rather uncontroversial. It's a standard authorization to be able to increase the share capital. It expires. Here, uh, expires in 21, you can give it for up to five years. So it's proposed to extend it so it doesn't expire in 21, but in 23. Any questions or comments? Not the case, so duly approved. Not just with a simple majority, but with a qualified majority. Next item, 7-2, also a standard provision. That's the acquisition of treasury shares. Practically all Danish listed companies are asking for this standard authorization to acquire treasury shares up to 10% uh, and to hold a maximum of 10% at the listed price with a maximum deviation of 10% until next year's AGM. Any questions? It's not the case, so also uh, duly approved. That brings us to item 8. We cannot vote on anything, but you can have the floor under any other business if you want. If you want to speak today, now is the time. If not, I'll give the floor to the chairman to finalize the AGM. So I've done what I'm supposed to do, and I give the floor to the chair of the board. Thank you very much. This leaves me with one job, namely of saying thank you very much for taking the time to come here today, both shareholders guests, employees. We are so pleased in this display of interest in our business, and we look forward to seeing you also in the years ahead. Thank you very much, and safe home journey. The meeting is adjourned.